0: Warning, this broadcast of Ohio is on Fire features entertainment and honesty of an intense nature. The opinions and views that are expressed on this episode do not reflect the views of WWSU 106.9 FM or any of its affiliates. Any matches try setting
1: it on fire <laughs> fire 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 fire
0: this is the show Ohio froze down. Ohio is on fire. I am the host of The Most, Daniel Diesel. I am back. I was on a wonderful four-month summer vacation. Now I am back once again to bring new episodes of the show that everyone loves. And it's all about Ohio. The best people of Ohio. The best music from Ohio. The best stories of Ohio. And I'm going to do my best to bring it to you like I have for the previous 170 episodes. This is episode 171, but we are live in Dayton, Ohio as I do this show. And of course, I'm trying something new this fall. I'm going to try again the podcasting. So, fingers crossed, if you're at a podcast search engine and you are trying to download this, it's successful and you're hearing me right now. But if you don't hear this right now on podcasting, then it sucks to be you because I tried, but I am live on the radio at the very least. But once again, yes, I am Daniel Diesel. And I need to talk about some things that happened in Ohio while I was gone this past summer. Some things that were more interesting than others, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, One of the biggest stories that happened, LeBron James, he became the Elizabeth Taylor of basketball. And the reason why I say that is because Elizabeth Taylor, she was married eight times. And that one dude, she married two times and divorced twice. That's exactly what LeBron James did. He left Cleveland for a second time. He is now going to Los Angeles Lakers, and um, I think one uh, there's several factors why he switched teams again. I think for one that his um, dispute with Dan Gilbert has been well known. The, the two of them don't like each other, I hear. So I think he wants to get away from him once again. Um, so I guess I don't blame him. You don't want to work for an owner that doesn't like your doesn't appreciate what you do. So. He went elsewhere. He took his talents to Tinseltown and he's now gonna play for um Lamello, um I don't even know that guy's name. Yes, it's that kid that's over in Los Angeles. See, I only watch that much basketball. His name's like um Um Lavar the Ball, yes. LaMelo Ball. I probably got his name wrong. I like I said, I only really follow Ohio sports. Um, I, him and his I guess that kid and his dad, they run their mouth a lot. That's how I know about them. And maybe I don't, maybe it's good. I don't know their name because I guess I don't really pay attention to that noise, but he's going over there. Um, I guess there's a lot of young talent over in Los Angeles. He thinks he can do a lot with, I think he wants to compete against the golden state warriors within the Western conference. And if his team is good enough, they will beat them, keep the warriors from going to the finals. And it'd be the Lakers going to the finals for all those years. And he, it's on a four-year contract. I'm going to make a wild guess, I think he'll come back to Cleveland, just like he did before. I think that's why not a lot of people were as mad at him as they were the last time he left. Because he likes to put on a show. He likes to be in the news. I think he's going to come back. I think because his contract is four years, and um, three years um, is guaranteed, and he has an option of getting out of it after the third year. Now, assuming the Lakers don't win three championships in the three years he's there or they're not – in championship mode, if they're far away from the playoffs or winning championships by the time that third year ends, I say he leaves once again, and he'll end his career in Cleveland. He'll take a discount, and he'll end a happy—he'll be happily ever after for LeBron James. But there is one cool thing that he, LeBron James did that a lot of people are really raving about. He opened a school with his namesake. He owns a school in Akron, Ohio— it's called the I Promise School. Um, he opened it to third and fourth graders who live in Akron, Ohio, who are who have a financial disadvantage. Um, kind of like how LeBron was when he was a young kid; his family was poor. So these are poor families who may be hard pressed to have good opportunities elsewhere. Um, so these kids, yeah, this it opened up a few weeks ago. These kids go to school and they get perks. I know when they got back to school, they all got a bicycle. They all got a basketball. They all got gifts. And I got to thinking, man, I remember I was in third grade. All I got was a new pencil that says, hey, I'm number two. Sharpen me. (laughs) Uh, So that was my third grade experience, let alone LeBron James being the owner of your school. So that's that's amazing. You know what? That is a good gesture on his part because those kids, hopefully they'll get a good education. They are getting an opportunity that they otherwise wouldn't get. I think the plan is by year 2022, it's going to include eighth graders. It's going to be grades three through eight by 2022. He's going to add a grade per year, so next it'll be three through fifth, then three six, then three seven and three eight. So it'll cover that um, age group. It's, it's a really big school. Like they have any, like for this year, they only opened like a portion of it um, because it, it's so big. It's almost like a small college campus. So that's, that's great. You know what? So you can't hate on the guy for leaving Los Angeles because before he left, he left as a gift, the gift of the education for young kids everywhere. So Rob, bro. Yes. LeBron James. Oh, uh, uh, I, I, I hate, I, I can't hate on you. Look at that. Put him <laughs> All right. Well, no. So that was one big news. That was really cool of him. There's something else I do want to talk about. Some had that, um, some been taking over Ohio pretty much most of this country, that is internet catfishing. Yes, in 2017, catfishing, which I guess if you don't know what it is, um, social media catfishing is when someone creates a fake profile and they reach out to real people and they tell people that they are something when they're really not. It can include fake pictures. They might try to scam me out of money saying, hey, I need money for plane taking, all that good stuff. Um, anything, just they're making stuff up about them. And sometimes that doesn't involve cash, but a lot of times it does involve some type of monetary scheme. In 2017, Ohio, they were ranked 29th in catfishing victims, and they were also ranked 29th in total money lost per catfish victim with $12,242. That's a lot of money. Makes me wonder what type of Girl Scout cookies those fake girls are selling on the Internet. All right, I wish I laughed. a laugh track. That was pretty funny, but I have no laugh track, so I can't, I can't sell it too hard. Um, and here's the thing on that list. It's, that's out 51 um, states and districts in America. So, Ohio, you're in the middle of the pack, so I feel indifferent. You're not the worst, but you're not the best either. So, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like we can go two ways in this catfishing um, scandal. Either we can amp up the police security... Go for number one. We're the best at stopping catfishing in the world, or we can just get really lazy. Maybe we should just fire the people that we have. Become in last place. We be fifty-first place. We um the victims are losing a million dollars per person. It's awful. It's anarchy. So um, uh, Ohio's you gotta figure this out, Ohio. You can't be in the middle of the row because that's what you're Out 29th. And now, like I said, not all catfishing involves money. Um, it just involves believing in a profile that's real when it turns out it's fake. And I, Daniel Diesel, have been a victim of catfishing. I didn't lose any money, but I have came to the realization in the last few weeks there was someone that was being dishonest with me. And I won't give this person's name out, but I'll describe what this person was kind of like a relationship in the last few years, or barely. We didn't like talk a lot. But he claimed to be a fan of my show, Ohio is on Fire. Um, he would reach out and say, hey, I want to be on your show. He said he was in a band. He had music. He would um, show me his tracks that he allegedly made, which I now doubt that he did make those. Um, he would say he'd come to the show, and I, I did book this guy to be a guest. But then he would no-show. Then I would ask what happened. He would say, "Like well, I apologize. I had car issues. I don't have a car. I couldn't get over there. And then he'd really apologize so, I booked him one more time. So, on two occasions, I've actually, I think at least two, maybe three times, because he he's actually friends with some of my other friends. So, I got to thinking maybe he's real. Um, he said, oh, I'm going to be there this time. And then he no shows me once again. So, I had to scramble to come up with something. Um, and he would reach out to me again saying, um, Listen, he had to go to work and he forgot last minute. I was a little bit infuriated, but then this time, he tried to be on my show once again. This past summer, as I recruit people to be on my show for this coming fall, he reached out to me once again, and he said that he really wanted to be on my show. Um, And then he really started cranking up the BS on who he was. It, it, that kind of raised a lot of red flags. First, he said his band was about to tour national. He wanted to go on the show and he, uh, and talk about that. He wanted to talk about mental health. He said that him and his um, brother was going to start an institution to talk mental health. And then, um, he said that he also was the owner of a fashion line that ran in 10 States and he was making a million dollars in profits. So this kid, um, and by the way, he's only 20, allegedly he's a young, he's a young prodigy. He said he's 20. He said that he was a millionaire fashion, um, mobile, okay, that raised a red flag right there for me. I'm like, because for one, the last time that he missed, he said he couldn't have a car over there. Then he said he had to work a day job. And now he's a millionaire fashion mogul. It just didn't add up. And I'm like, right. So, like I said, I'm not revealing this person's identity, but I've now figured this person's lying. And that's what you would call a catfish. And... I want to say I'm 99.9% that I'm not being catfished by anyone else right now. Um, that's the only person I've ever had significant trouble with. Because there's some that are obviously fake. I know I've had a few a few times some person from Waco, Texas. Some hot babe in bikini. She just randomly reaches out to me, Daniel Diesel from Dayton, Ohio. Like, hey, big boy, I want to be your friend. Ooh, la. I want to fall for it. Because some of these women are kind of cute. But... I know better. I don't know anyone from Waco, Texas. I've never been to Waco, Texas. I don't know when I'll go, but I'm pretty sure you, hot lady from Waco, Texas, it's not real. So you get blocked. And of course, there was a few times I was curious because these people would just send me stuff. I would, I would, um, accept the friend requests and they would show me some pretty dirty pictures. Like these alleged women. And, you know, I'm not into that. And that's pretty sad. Listen, if you are out there catfishing, you need help because that's just pathetic. That's just, that's really awful. Um, you because you're being dishonest to people. You are living a sad life. You're living a life that's not real. I do not know if there's a rehab center for catfishing people, but you need something. I don't know. Maybe what I should do is get a catfish, a real catfish, from a nearby river, go to your house and just slap you. Maybe you'll think about what you do next time before you try to trick old Daniel Diesel. All right. Right now I want to play music from the works. They are a great band from Dane, Ohio. They play a lot of covers and they have original stuff as well. They released an album back in summer 2017. I'm gonna play two tracks from that album now. First, I'm gonna play Wide Awake, the first track from the album. Then we'll play an instrumental called Into the Moss. So I'm going to play this two tracks, and we'll be back with more Ohio is on Fire here on WWSU, 106.9 FM. Dane's right choice. Stands for Ohio's most valuable pedestrian. I got all right, yeah. That was my lovely theme music to OMVP, which I'm not sure if I'm allowed to play on the podcast version of this show. I can play it on the radio, so darn it, I just did. So but OMVP, if you don't know by now what that is, um it goes to either a person or a big group of people that are either from the state of Ohio or associated with the state of Ohio. They did something very interesting, something newsworthy. And for the most part, it's positive. Of course, I think it's positive. I, I'm probably sure some wacko out there thinks it's negative. But we here at Ohio's on fire thing, it's a good thing. So that makes you an MVP recipient. And it's not really a war. I don't give you anything in the mail. I just shout you on the radio and I clap for you and tell everyone how wonderful you are. But let's get, there's always a backstory that goes with OMVP news article if you will because it's from real news um so let's get to it um, from wcpo.com slash entertainment um former miss ohio's book challenges miss america beauty pageant stereotypes um so i'll read some of this article because course this was written by julie o'neill september 10th she wrote this morning and this comes out of cincinnati while he knew miss america was crowned sunday night The sparkle in her iconic crown has been tarnished by revelations and disputes of the past year. None of what's come out about the pageant and the organization behind it came as a big surprise to a former Miss Ohio who competed at Miss America. Susan K. Wyatt, Miss Ohio, 1989, lived in Cincinnati years ago. She's out this week with a new book titled No Crown Required. So um, I believe that book is available um, on Amazon it's it's out there, so if you want to buy it or rent it at your local library, do so. Um, but Wyatt said, wanting to see her own 17-year-old daughter be true to herself inspired Wyatt to write a book about what beauty and competition should really be. And I'll read this um, quote. Yeah, it's uh, pretty deep. I won't read the whole article. This is a quote from Wyatt. I've talked to my daughter about different kinds of beauty all her life ever since she was little, Wyatt told WCPO. Here's another quote. I'm skipping for this article a little bit. If you look at the Miss America stage, you can't really tell them apart because they all look alike because they're all built the same. Wyatt said, that's my B for the Miss America pageant. It doesn't represent everybody. And now this article continues on. um, "What What this brought up, Wyatt said, was the bullying of women against women. The power struggles that women have of course, I will read the um, last paragraph. Well, not, well, I guess last sentence, not paragraph. No matter how the pageant proceeds, why it says Miss America remains relevant, that a woman who wor- who works to be fit and knows her personal style, talents, and opinions will have success. With or without the crown. And then she quotes, there is no crown required. So that's a very strong statement on her part, and a very true statement. Because, yeah, I, I, I have trouble with stereotyping. I think... Competitions like Miss America, um, Miss World, it opens up nickpicking where perhaps there shouldn't be, um, and so I'm in this so this book was written by Susan K Wyatt. I I do hear that within the uh, Me Too mu- movement, anyone that speaks out, I mean it's built, it's a big political hot button subject, so you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. One of those situations. So for Susan K Wyatt to speak out about her issues with Miss America, because trust me, she'll get her deta- the um, detractors for speaking out against this pageant, probably since um, you-know-who was behind Miss America for so many years before he wasn't involved with Miss America. This show's not about politics, so I'll move on from that. So, yes, it, it is. It's a hot, touchy subject. Um, so, Susan, she's using her First Amendment right. All right, that was my last political reference. She's using your free speech to write this book and share her real thoughts. And she should be saluted. And we do salute her here at Ohio is on fire. So Susan K. Wyatt, you was Miss America in 1989. In 1989, that was the last time the Cincinnati Bengals made the Super Bowl. That'll probably the last time they ever make the Super Bowl. Uh milk was 49 cents a gallon. And you in 19, no. You in 2018 have done something else besides writing an awesome book. You, Susan K. Wyatt, are, for this episode, O-M-V-P, and that stands for Ohio's Most Valuable Pedestrian. Ooh, ah, and I'm going to clap. Yeah. It's now time to play some music. Um, This band I want to showcase next. They're actually trying to make a comeback in the Dayton, Ohio area. This band... Um, they first got their start in 1985. And they were touring the area from 1985 to 1987, and they released music during that time. About a few weeks ago, they released all their old material from the mid '80s. They released everything once again um, for 2018. They haven't they haven't released it since back in the mid '80s. This band I'm talking about is the Pleasure's Pale. From what I heard, they were a big deal when it came out. They quickly had a they they gained a good following really quickly and then um after 1987 they just broke up unexpectedly and we really know why they broke up. i guess there's the story isn't really clear why they left this is kind of like an urban legend but the guy behind the pleasures pale he released all their music a few weeks ago it's now available for your listening pleasure and i'm gonna play two of this tracks tonight and help them with their comeback as i they might even make new music. Maybe this is a test run to see if they will make brand new music. So I'm excited to play this because it's actually pretty good. And it, if you want to know what 80s punk sounded like from Ohio, you're about to hear it. It just came, it just got re-released a few weeks ago. Right now I'm going to play Whipsaw Children. That'll be the first track I play. And then after that, um, I'm going to play Be What You Are, also by The Pleasures Pale. So I'm going to play those two tracks. And then when we come back, we will have our guest of the evening. Angie shower So please stay tuned. Once again, calls here at 937-775-5555. If you wish to talk to me and Angie, if you have questions, please stay tuned to Ohio is on fire. Here's Whipshaw Children. back live with ohio is on fire i'm daniel diesel i'm with my guest for the evening for episode 171 of this franchise it is an, is the one only angie hoshower and she is a very fascinating person and we will learn about her but say hello angie hello hello welcome to the show thank all right. you all right so it's good to have you here now um i wanted to start out um with this question um you do. You work in the cemetery business. I was wondering, how long have you worked in, and how how did you break into the cemetery business? What happens to get into something like that?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I broke into the cemetery. Um, uh, I've been at Woodland for about four and a half years now. Okay. Prior to that, I was a seven-year volunteer, so oh. volunteerism is good. It can help you get a job. Yes. Um, and then prior to that, my history with the cemetery is that my great, great, great-grandparents were buried there in 1858 and 1867 so i have long long history with woodland cemetery
0: oh okay um now someone like me um i couldn't be around a cemetery very long seeing that there's a lot of dead spirits in the area um i just want to know is um for anyone that has to work at a cemetery or decide to and they can't handle like death very well is it something that they get used to or perhaps it's Maybe it's something that they're born with. What do you think?
1: Well, I think that if you can't handle death very well or you're afraid of it, maybe a cemetery isn't. But it's not like you only deal. I don't want to say you don't only deal with death a couple of times. Uh, obviously, with your parents, um, you know, you have to, to take care of them. But uh to work in a cemetery, you actually have more respect for life, a better respect for life, because yeah. you see daily families coming in. You see families that are just completely heartbroken. Um, maybe it's a young child. You yeah. see a family that has had to deal with um, an unexpected death or a mm. murder in town. Um, yeah. Obviously, Dayton has had their share of that. Yeah. And you see the grief there. You also see the good, good bad, and ugly of families. Um families that come together they're there for one another you also see the families that fight the entire yeah, time yeah. and and with life you know it's short so make the best of every single moment that you have
0: absolutely that that those, those, that's good advice there now i want to ask you um have you have you ever met a local celebrity at a funeral or cemetery or know of um like perhaps people that are buried there currently that are famous at woodland
1: at Woodland, well, um, if I had attended a service or had been there with anybody that was famous, I certainly would want to talk about it, you know, okay. or just because, you know, it's, it's their moment of, of grief and it's a private personal moment. Um, and then as far as famous people that are at Woodland, holy smokes, we don't, you don't have enough episodes in the year to talk about all the famous people uh-huh. that are at Woodland Cemetery, but I will tell you that we have 109,000 souls resting peacefully and, uh, Many of them are quite famous and infamous.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, Now, you host events at Woodland Cemetery, and you are like an event creator. You have some expertise in that. What would you say was your favorite event that you ever hosted, whether it was at Woodland or anywhere else? What was your favorite of all time?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, if I go back to my own radio days when I worked for uh, Clear Channel Radio, (laughs) and uh, I was uh, – Part of the planning process for X Fest, I would say. I would say X Fest 2001, right after 9 11. um, And here, tomorrow's the anniversary of that. You know, when that happened, all 10 of our bands were not able to fly in. So in Power Man 5000, it was their only show. And before they left to go on their European tour. Um, So we had all of these bands that came in that were able to drive in that were over in Indy or, you know, down in Nashville or, you know, within driving distance. And I would say that when Tantric got on stage and did their set, it was the most powerful and moving, um, you know, of course, uh, Hugo Ferrara got the entire crowd chanting USA and it was just a very surreal moment because it was five days after 9-11 and we we considered should we cancel this show should we not and after four or five days people were wanting to get out they were afraid and they wanted to get back to normalcy so we did that event and I think that was the best event that I've ever done of all of my event career now, at the cemetery, um, you know, the one-on-one personal tours that I give, yeah. um, when I can tell somebody a story that they've never heard about a certain person, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, oh, I never knew that. And I'm like, yes, that yes moment of being able to tell somebody that they never even knew. Yeah. That happened in Dayton, so.
0: Well, it's, I'm now jealous of you because <laughs> you said you worked, for, you worked at x When yeah. I was in high school— Yes, my high school years was 2001 to 2005. I would say the concert I heard, I would often hear about, would be X Fest, because that was hosted by the former Z93, which they've changed formats like 100 million times since then. But um, yeah, that was like the cool, the concert to be at. I always wanted to go, and then I was upset when they finally canceled it. I went. Where was it, the X-Fest? What was the location of it usually?
1: They they originally were doing it at the University of Dayton, what they called the backyard, which was in the gravel pit behind yeah. uh, behind the UD Arena. And then we moved it over to the uh, Montgomery County Fairgrounds. Uh, okay. And so we had the two stages uh, on either side of the fairgrounds, and it was pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'll take your word for it. But I, that's one concert I wish I went to, because that was like the mecca of my high school years. Like People would just say, oh, man, I went to X-Fest. It was the greatest i was like oh man i keep forgetting about that no so i'm, ha- I'm happy for you, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you really thank got- you. you you got me going when you said you worked <laughs> at x pass it's rare I- all right small world but- it is a small well, thank world. thank you for sharing that story angie um a few more questions for you um i hear that you are an historical buff Um mm-hmm. you just work with an historical society now we are in a college and a college radio station would you have any historical facts about either of those things that would surprise me or any, maybe perhaps an urban legend.
1: Um, Tesla invented the radio and not Marconi.
0: Okay. (laughs) Elaborate. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, look it up. Tesla invented the radio and not Marconi. Um, And then as far as a right state um, story, um, I would have to say to right state, Folks that are probably are walking every day and they see Allen Hall. Do you know who who or what Allen Hall is named for?
0: Oh, no, I don't remember.
1: Stanley Allen, Stanley C. Allen. He is buried at Woodland Cemetery. Yes, he was president of NCR. And when John Patterson saw Stanley Allen walking down the hallways as a young uh, clerk at NCR, he says, and I quote. That man has the most efficient walk I have ever seen. Let's keep an eye on him. And he eventually became the president of NCR. And, of course, with Stanley's help, he helped establish Wright State University. So there's mm-hmm. your Wright State University history nugget.
0: All right. Well, that is that is good to know. All right. Um, I want to ask you, I have a serious question, a few serious questions before we go to a break. Um, what do you think happens to people when they die? Because I asked this because there's, there's a lot of urban legends out when people die, whether it's peacefully or they're in anger, something happens to them. Like, is the do you notice um, the like? I guess the best way to ask is what What do you think happens to people when they die? Like, that'd be best way to ask that.
1: Oh my! I just had a very good friend, childhood friend, die less than a month ago. I think it's been about about a month ago. Yeah, 53 years old. It's life is short. What do I think happened? Um, I don't know. I'd like to think that there is a better place beyond. Um, we had had several conversations about, you know, mm. what was beyond, you know, and yeah. certainly we both had said it's got to be better than than <laughs> than you know here on Earth.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what do people do, or where do they go, or what happens to them? You know, I think that's a question you you'll never get the answer to. Some people will say. There's a heaven. Some people will say that there's a hell. I think that there is a spiritual plane that perhaps we all, we all finalize too.
0: Yeah, I would mostly agree with that. I feel that way. I think how, how you lived your life and what's in your heart, exactly. you, will, you will go accordingly. I think what's in your heart. Because if, if you were a person that was a criminal and did evil things, there's a good chance bad things might happen to you in the afterlife. So I think, yes, you, your life. Is how your spirit guides you. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think no, so. Well, now let me ask you this. Um, for, <laughs> um, do you have any good advice for any loved ones? Um, they, has, they have lost someone. They're grieving, either they're still grieving over it, or they just, oh, maybe this week people are losing people and they got a funeral they got to go to. What advice would you have for those that are still alive to carry on?
1: You know, those memories were will always be with you yeah. that no, no matter what happened, you know, there, there's no reason to live with anger and hurt and hate uh, that it's not productive for anybody. Yeah. Let it go, move on. If you have to keep the memory, if you can have a place to go that it doesn't have to be the cemetery. Maybe it's um, down at a park and you're looking at the flowing river or, you know, go out and just, look at the stars one evening, get yeah. out of get out of the city and go out at night and maybe watch a meteor shower if you haven't. Do something that takes you away from your phone, the computer, the television, and have a really good uh heart to heart with yourself yeah. about how this person uh was in life, what they meant to you in life, how their death is going to affect you. Was there something that they said to you that you can build upon um and and let go of the hate because the, the, there's no room for it and it just it's gonna it's gonna eat you alive and the time is so short just yeah. live live for today live for your family and you know death is hard it is a very hard thing to go through
0: yeah, i agree
1: and time does heal all wounds and um You know, I'm not a grief counselor. I'm not anything like that. But I've seen it. I've seen enough of it to know that, you know, um, you do need to have that moment of grief. You do need to let it out. And when you can fully expend it out of your body, then only good things will will remain with you.
0: Very good advice, Angie. Yes. You
1: put me on the spot there. I know. Adopt Us Kids presents multiple choice parenting.
0: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you? A. Get spiritual. Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow-drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect
1: to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same.
0: For more information on
1: adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hi, my name is Anisha Hampton. I'm a business major here at Rice State, and you are listening to WWSU 106.9, Dayton's Right Choice.
0: And we're back live with Ohio is on fire. I am still with my guest, Angie shower She's been an excellent guest so far, and we got some fun for you guys. We're going to go ahead and play a little game that me and her have came up with. It's called Guess the Ghost. What well, is, um, me and her, we'll both, we both have a secret ghost that was from the state of Ohio. Of course, they're no longer with us. We're going to have the other one guess who it is. And I'm going to start. I have my ghost. I'm going to have Angie try to guess who it is. So let's get the ball rolling with this. Fun game. So what well, I got to do, I give Angie my first clue on who this ghost could be. And then she can ask three questions in between clues on who she thinks this ghost might be. And that might give her more clues. That would give her more clues on who this is. So Angie, are you ready to play Guess the Ghost?
1: I am ready. Guess the Ghost.
0: Good. All right. Here's my first clue. This person likes to bounce.
1: Male or female? Male. Male. Sports
0: person? No.
1: Not a sports person. Uh, Male, bounce. This person likes to bounce, bounce. Um, ah, I don't know what another question. Um, Uh, It
0: might be time for the second clue. (laughs) If this person were still alive, this person would really love computers.
1: This person... Uh, did they work in the computer industry? No. Uh, were they a politician? No. Uh, were they a TV or radio personality?
0: Yes, he did briefly work in radio. Briefly worked in
1: radio. Um...
0: Uh, that was the last question for that clue, so I got, <laughs> I got to give you one last clue. Okay. This person won an award in 1993... With two other legendary figures in the same industry as this person was in.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, oh, I am. 1993. I was. I can't remember that. That year I was pregnant with my first son. Oh, you can, no pregnant woman remembers anything. Um, 1993 uh
0: well, let me try to help you out a little. yeah give me a- another a- ask me if this person is a musician is
1: this person a musician yes
0: okay and you got two more questions
1: uh is this was this person solo or band solo from the from ohio rico casick from no, the cars
0: that is incorrect
1: um
0: is he dead or is he alive? He, this person is dead. These are dead ghosts.
1: Yeah, but Rick Ocasek, is he still he's, alive? He's still alive. It's, the, it's One of their band members died, though. Okay. Um,
0: you get one more guess. I
1: get one more guess. Bounce is a clue?
0: Yeah, this person likes to bounce. If he were alive, he would love computers. And he won a war in 1993 with two legendary figures.
1: Uh, from Ohio, musician. Uh, one of the band members from Devo
0: no incorrect. you're thinking one of the mothersburg brothers uh,
1: something like that well
0: and eh, that's ah. uh, all right angie thanks for playing <laughs> the correct answer is roger trotman from zap oh yeah
1: <laughs> yeah of course oh okay i should have figured that's date okay okay I...
0: you tried that i way. tried all right I tried. but now it's your. you could you could stop me you gotta i, gotta oh, guess. I
1: think i'm gonna stump you on this one right,
0: yeah i gotta guess your guess. <laughs>
1: okay um Uh, politics
0: all right is it a male
1: no
0: it's a female all right um did this lady work on a farm when she was a kid no all right did she go to college yes all right all right oh i gotta give you another clue yeah
1: um republican
0: female okay um was she a political figure in the 50s yes okay man you're gonna stun me i don't know a lot about okay let me think um okay did she Uh, no wait was she friends with um Richard Nixon, did she know Richard Nixon? Yes. Okay, she knew him. Um Did she um run for president?
1: No. Tried running for
0: Okay, no. no. Okay, she never ran for president. Okay. You, I'm going to give you one more clue. give me one more.
1: Malfunction Junction.
0: Malfunction Junction. Oh boy! You
1: know what malfunction junction I've, is, right? I
0: prefer the term, but I'm it's not.
1: it's where I seventy five and Route four split. There's always a wreck up malfunction junction. Of
0: course. All right. So did she die in a car accident? No. Um. Was she the governor of this of Ohio? No. Hmm. I'm not gonna get this one. I mean, yeah. I gotta give one more clue. Um. When she was on I seventy five, did she close the street down to run a campaign of any sort, whether it was governor or president or any any office she was running? Was she running a campaign on that street? No. Oh crap! I, I, <laughs> I got guess. This is worse. This is the worst ever. Um, um, I'm going to say 1950s female Republican. I'm no, it's wrong. The only thing people I can think of were sports figures was it Billie Jean King,
1: from Ohio? No, no,
0: I'm um, <laughs> all right. Who was it?
1: Okay, so it's Catherine Kennedy Brown. She, her house sits on the current grounds of where the Salvation Army is. Um, there on uh. uh um Webster and Kiwi Street okay. and the house that you see from I-75 yeah. is the name of that house is called Dunkerrick, which is the house that she grew up in and in the 1960s when they were building I-75 she had so much political clout that she actually had the route of I-75 split to the left to the left oh. and route four go to the right so as not to tear down her house so Catherine Kennedy Brown is my um ghost of all ohio right. yeah, from today
0: yeah, yeah be, is she by chance related to john f kennedy no but
1: her father was Grafton kennedy who was the very well-known lawyer here in dayton
0: oh uh, okay all right well all Ooh. right well that was guest to the ghost we both <laughs> um stroke out on that but it was fun yay yay,
1: yay. Um, i th- i thought you were gonna i thought you were leaning towards clara weisenborn
0: well what, with my ghost with
1: your well no asking questions because um uh, she did grow up on a farm and you know she helped establish the right state uh school of medicine i
0: thought of her but I and she was a
1: politician in the state of ohio
0: she was on my mind i kind of forgot her name but i kind of i've heard of her yeah i almost I didn't hear her. i didn't know about the other person i
1: i picked her um i almost picked clara weisenborn but i figured you would get it
0: yeah well <laughs> I, I thought about her but i I don't know that much. Like I said, that's such a long time ago. You really got me. But I want, um, let's talk about, you got a big event coming this weekend at Woodland yes. Cemetery. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, now, there's going to be something called the Celebration of Queen Matilda. It's going to be this weekend at Woodland, Dayton. So what's going to happen to this event for anyone that goes to that event?
1: Well, it is a celebration of Matilda Stanley, who was Queen of the Gypsies. We are having a a Gypsy Cultural and Heritage Festival um, to celebrate the 140th anniversary of the burial of Matilda Stanley. So the story behind that is that Matilda died in January of 1878 down in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Her body was brought back to Dayton and brought to Woodland Cemetery, where she laid in our receiving vault for eight months before she was buried. Now, yeah, it was gypsy tradition that they didn't bury their dead immediately, um, but eight months went by because she was queen of the gypsies. And so word had to spread around not only the nation, but the world that the queen had died. And so then they chose September 15th of 1878 to bury her. And with this being the 140th anniversary, we need to uh, celebrate her life. Plus the Stanley monument that um, sits on top of the um, Stanley family lot is is leaning it is um it's in need of of restoration and repair yeah and so this is a fundraiser to restore and repair that uh family family monument
0: all right awesome now i want to ask them why is um, queen um, matilda stanley why is she important today in ohio uh
1: well because it's the best urban legend there is um Uh, it's not not only it's not so much an urban legend as it is true but there's a lot of mythology that goes with uh Matilda being the queen of the gypsies she um embodies a free spirit um the fact that she was a queen uh, known as the queen of the gypsies okay. uh you know she she's uh, our our royalty her husband was the king of the gypsies yeah. and when she died it was the largest ever funeral held at woodland cemetery with twenty five thousand mm. people in attendance Goodness. that's a large large for 1878 that yes. is a very large uh, contingency of people Man. most of them uh were just curious onlookers wanting to come and find out what kind of gypsy ritual was going to happen but yeah. of course there wasn't they were very religious yeah. um the reverend uh Dr. Daniel Berger came out and said his prayers and they sang funeral hymns yeah. and then they laid her down to rest. So, yeah. um, the ground was blessed and that's, uh, that's unique and very interesting at Woodland.
0: Awesome. Um, now I know a lot about the gypsy culture, but would you say people that are, that are in that the, the hitters, I'm, I'm speaking funny, um, people that consider themselves gypsies, is that, is like, is it a big culture in Dayton, Ohio that you know of, do you know anything about the culture? I,
1: I don't. And I think that um, during the turn of the century, there was a lot of, um, in fact, I just had this conversation today with somebody else okay. about about racism. And I think that, you know, the gypsies were considered of a lower race. And so I think that stereotype of the gypsy culture is what people think of and remember when that was not anything like what they were. Um, Newspaper accounts and historical accounts show that they were a God-fearing people, that they did work hard, um, that they, yes, they were in the business of horse trading and fortune telling. But, you know, they also did other things. And I don't think that a people, People really understand who they were. They just like to perpetuate the stereotypes. So we're hopeful that with this event, we can stop some of those um, stereotypes from, from continuing on or for people uh, continuing to tell those um, stories and to really understand what the gypsy culture was and, um, and to respect them. Yeah. Um, some of the gypsy families um, in Dayton, there are still Stanley family um, mm-hmm. descendants that are in town and around um, those that I've talked to pretty much don't embrace their gypsy heritage because of all the stereotypes that are out there. And I think that that's really sad because that's, that's a huge culture. Not only, I mean, they're not only yeah. uh, gypsies from Europe, uh, there's gypsies from everywhere. Every culture yeah. has a gypsy. So you would say
0: they're historically, they're underprivileged um people pretty much because they were stereotyped. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I didn't know much about the gypsy culture. I, I've, Per urban legends, so I just, I wanted your expertise on it. So, but people who are not in the gypsy culture, they are pretty much invited to celebrate. It's kind of like Halloween. Normal people can. I mean, digging, um, it's like a holiday people can celebrate. Oh,
1: absolutely. And uh, and this is, you know, this is a, not a Halloween event. It is a fundraising event because the Stanley yes. Monument is in uh, much need of repair. Yes. And it's crumbling it, a it's, little bit. Yes. And if, it, if we don't take care of it, we're going to actually have to take it down. Oh. And we don't want that. So our goal yeah. is to raise about $10,000 to help assist um, getting a, a, a new foundation for it. Um, it is uh-huh. something that the family family is responsible for but with not uh, with so many of the family scattered everywhere all it's right. hard to get them to all come yes. together so
0: all right when is the event and how can people be involved they wish to be so
1: the event is saturday september 15th i yeah. know there's a lot of festivals going on but yeah. ours is a short event from 5 p.m to 8 p.m at woodland cemetery yeah. you know come in off of woodland avenue uh it is a 30 dollar admission but that gives you food and two beverage uh yeah. two beverages um we have a band we yeah. Yes. We have fortune tellers and tarot card readers. Yes. And um
0: And that but, band is Tempe Purity. I looked them up. So yes. That's the band that's performing at this event. That's
1: right. And uh the but the big event for that, uh during the um the special event is that we will recreate the funeral procession for matilda so everybody will meet at the receiving vault all right we'll walk up to the um, stanley family lot uh, i do have someone that will give a blessing and a prayer and a funeral ode, just like they did back in 1878 yes. okay. to recreate that we have a, a booth where you can make a flower bouquet to leave for matilda yeah. And so that's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you've it never, fun. never right. been involved with a gypsy caravan or a gypsy funeral or gypsy music, this is the time to come out and be All a part right. of it.
0: Well, anyone that goes to that event, that is on my radar. I don't know if I can make it, but that sounds like a lot of fun. So Angie, thank you for being on the show. And you and me, we're talking business. So you'll be hearing from me. There was a little something we were talking about, which we won't talk about on the air for now. So you'll hear it from me. But Angie, thank you for being on the show. Thank
1: you for having me. You're I welcome. enjoyed have, it. Have a good night. Thank you.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Angie Hoshower, and what a wonderful interview that was. The future of music, the future of sports, the future of broadcasting is all right here on WWSU 106.9 FM. David's Right Choice. And listen to us 24-7 on www.wwsus469.4. But now it's time for the final message. Something big happened this past summer. Actually, technically it happened on Saturday, September 1st. So that was like two weeks ago from this broadcast. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan. For anyone that knows me. And something big really happened in that world. There was an event called All In. In this event, All In, it was actually um, self-funded and produced by three wrestlers, um, Cody Rhodes and a tag team called The Young Bucks. The three of them, they helped put this show together. And it was an all-star collaboration of um, independent wrestlers from around the world. And what made this event a big deal was that it drew a lot of people. Like, it was the most... Like, um, Of course, there's a WWE on a weekly basis. They draw a big 10,000-seat venue arena. And normally, non-WWE shows, they don't draw like that. At least not since WCW back in the 90s before they folded. Um, most independent shows, they don't draw that well. But wrestling is um, changing. They're getting more popular. The landscape is getting bigger. And this all-in show kind of proved it. It was three guys. Who perhaps they've been wrestling for a long time, they weren't getting the respect that they deserved, so they put this show on. They sold out the Sears Center Arena over in um, Schaumburg, Illinois, um, which is outside of Chicago. They had eleven thousand people at this venue. Uh, it was the most, it was the biggest show ever for independent wrestling event, and I loved it. It was a great show, really good wrestling. They had the best people from Ring of Honor, New Japan wrestling, um, Lucha underground, all the good ones. And, um, it was remarkable how it came about because it was very unlikely something like this would ever happen, but it did happen. And it was street guys. Well, the young bucks, I've got their story. They've been wrestling for 12 years. They started wrestling as a youth. They loved it as a kid. They struggled for the longest time to really make ends meet. Like they wasn't getting popular. They, um, wasn't making any money. I don't know, one of them, I forget which brother it was, he was about to quit because he couldn't afford a Twinkie or something. His credit card, he wanted to buy a Twinkie, and his credit card rejected him because he had very little money. And he was starving. And, of course, with Cody Rhodes, he actually started his career with the WWE because he is the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, one of the all-time great wrestlers. Um, But he wasn't getting the um, opportunities like his father did. He was often in the mid-card. He was playing goofy they were making him play goofy characters. No, one, he played Stardust. He had to wear gold face paint. Um, he was in a bodysuit and he had to talk funny like he was a clown. It was awful, and he hardly ever won. He was his career and his life was going nowhere fast. And then he left the company to go to the independents, and then these three guys met up, they started doing they they joined the Bullet Club, which is another wrestling group that's independent that's on the independent scene. And they did all they did all this cool stuff. They were doing things that no one had ever done before, and they were doing it on their own. And then they've done this for a few years, and that led to them creating their own event. They took a chance, and they made all in, and it was a big financial success. They had the uh, venue sold out in 30 minutes when they went on sale. They had a thing called Start Starcast Convention, which means the radio station we tried to go to. But they ran out of um, free press passes. We got a letter from them saying that we want to help you out, but we're all out of um, accommodations. So that's a little piece of history that we got from the all-in people or StarCast. There was enough room to accommodate WWSU. We tried, but I'm um, also, um, it was on pay-per-view and it had a, a big buy rate. They These guys probably made millions of dollars from that one show. And they're bigger names than they ever were. It put wrestling, wrestling went up a level that that day. And how so how does this compare to me and my endeavors in radio? Being that I'm working in broadcasting, if I can compare broadcasting to one other industry, I would compare it to pro wrestling. Because broadcasting is all about personality. It's about getting your name out there. It's about being a star being the best at what you do, and making as much noise as possible, and making a lot of money if you can have the opportunity to make money. Um, I had an opportunity to join a mainstream station this past summer. I mean, what is There was a job posting, and it was something I thought was right up my alley. I mean, this time they would take me. Maybe this time I finally would get some work. Um, Not only did they pass on me, they actually didn't even – returned my they got my application but it didn't make me a finalist I didn't get I did not get a call back to the finalists I wasn't even in their final considerations and this is probably the unteenth time that this has happened to me and I'm disappointed because I feel like I do belong in this industry I've had people tell me this is my calling even just recently a friend of mine said that I'm really good at this hopefully I can catch my big break one day um and that encouraged me because it's it's brutal being radio there's no money there's very little appreciation you often work with people that you don't know if you can trust some you can some you cannot lots of shady people you just never know what's going to happen and um it is it is quite a journey Uh, for anyone that is a fellow broadcaster like me um you should do it because you really have an interest in it because if not once something brutal happens, it's going to be, it, you'll feel it, you know. Sometimes, no, I haven't had this big of a problem. Like, I've never had a guest cancel, not cancel, I've never had a guest no-show me. Like, they, they agreed to do the show and then they didn't show. Except for that catfish guy I talked about. That's the only problem I've ever had with a no-show. Because people appreciate what I do. Those There are people out there that know what I'm trying to do. There's others that don't. There's those that have their head in the clouds. They live on. Um, I they live in ivory tower where they don't have to care about the little people. And I'm a little person in this world. I realize that, and I need to. I want to. I need to be. I need to become a big fish in a small pond, as they say. In fact, I think at times I don't get the respect that I deserve. I think I deserve better. I hope starting tonight. I get better because I got people that want to help me out. I am hoping to join a podcast network where that's contingent. Maybe I won't. So I won't say the name because I am trying to make the show available on for podcasting downloads, and that's going to be a new venture for me. Um, and I just got to give it a good shot. I got to put my heart into it and hope that good things happen. Of course, I'm back on. We got new shows coming up September, October, November, December, Assuming the station doesn't go bankrupt, which I don't believe it will. I will be here. They want me here. State of Ohio, that's the way it is.